Well, the Detroit Tigers get the job done. They win this series against the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Well, the Tigers finish the job and do, in fact, win the series against the Royals with a 6-4 to four victory over them in Kansas City on Wednesday night, a game that was supposed to start sooner, and then rain happened, so it got pushed back a little bit. However, the, the game was pretty smooth sailing after the first pitch. No rain to speak of there, so it uh, looks like it was a successful delay this time, which we have not seen very often this season, uh, but... They got a full game in, no questions asked, no issues or anything like that. And yeah, you know, this was a game where uh, I, I think I used a similar terminology in game one of this series where the final score was close and the entire first half of the game was close. But at no point did I feel like the Tigers were in legitimate danger of losing this ball game, which maybe is like just dumb of me. Uh, but I really felt like they were the better team. For most of the game, maybe not the first time through the lineup. <laughs> maybe this feeling started in like the fourth inning, say. Um, maybe maybe the first three innings, uh, I, I didn't quite have that feeling. But truly, like this was not a game that I ever uh, w- was seriously worried about. Even though the Royals did score to their credit in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, uh, I, I still was never... I, I don't know. I have a lot of faith in Jason Foley. I have a lot of faith in Alex Lang. Um, even Chase and Shreve, uh, that was kind of babbit a little bit, a couple of hard hit balls for sure. But like, I don't know. I, I just, I never, I, I was really never worried uh, about this ball game. I felt like they were the better team for most of it and they got the job done, which is good. It's amazing what happens when you have the ability to hit the ball out of the infield. Truly. It is amazing. Uh, This was a game in which the Tigers had 10 hits, 14 base runners, and of their 10 hits, one, two, three, four, five of them were extra base hits. Half of their hits and just short of a third of their total base runners, if you include walks in there, were extra base hits. Half of their hits were for extra bases. And so, excuse me, they were able to, they went three for 10 with runners in scoring position. They had seven left on base still as a team. Three for 10, while it's much better than what we've been given, which is like one for 10 and two for 11 and whatever. It's not not a masterclass performance, but it's good enough, A, 300, if you hit 300 over the course of the season with runners in scoring position, you're going to be looking pretty darn good. That would like be second in baseball right now. So that was good. But the biggest thing, like you still failed seven times, 
The biggest thing was just having extra base power. We've talked about it so much on this show, how if you're not going to have timely hitting, if you don't have the ability to consistently do that, you need to have the ability to play the trump card to timely hitting. And the only trump card to that, to not having it rather, is extra base ability. Because extra bases don't care about your feelings. And they don't care about what the situation is. If you can put the ball over the wall, that's a run no matter what. And so they had two homers. Obviously, the Zach Short home run was the biggest one. That was a three-run shot. Um, And then they also had three doubles. Riley Green had a double. Spencer Torgelson had a double. And then Jonathan Scope very much had a double as well. We'll talk about him a little bit at the end of the show. But yeah, I just wanted to really highlight that point. Like we have talked about this so much on this show, so much, right? I feel like we talk about the lack of power on this show more than it is talked about in kind of the national light. And this is the reason why. I can live with not one or not the other. You can either have really clutch hitting and only hit singles, and be the, the 2015 Royals. Or you can have a 200 batting average with runners in scoring position the rest of the season. But if you do that, you're going to have to run into some pop. And I still don't have faith that, <laughs> that, that this is sustainable. This is one game in May. I don't have faith that this team has magically found the ability to do either of those things yet. They have a long way to go till I'm on that ship. But... In this ball game, they were able to do that, and it was really good to see. Really, really nice to see that at least on uh, it is possible. <laughs> it is possible for them to actually have some extra base power. It, it's it's within them. It's just a matter of consistently getting it out of them. Uh, yeah, you know, as far as individual performances go, well, I mean, I guess the whole team like this. This was another good approach game and they've had a lot of those that's not new but in this game it finally met good execution we've talked so much about marrying those two things right you can have a good approach all you want if you're only drawing walks and hitting singles it's not going to lead to a good offense obviously as the tigers have the worst offense in baseball but in this game they were able to to actually marry that with really really solid execution i thought their game plan was really solid and yeah 10 hits and everyone except Akil Badu and Andy Abanez that started this game had at least one hit so very very impressive in there and then you had the four walks obviously um but yeah like Zach Grink excuse me Zach Grinky started this ball game uh and only went five innings now you know five innings of one run ball it's not like he he got rocked or anything it's not like the, the Tigers really crushed him Uh, But they were able to make him work counts. And that's something that this team has surprisingly been decent at, especially as of late, especially in the month of May. Like they really are making pitchers work. It's just, again, they they don't marry the two concepts of execution and approach. And so they they, they make them work. And then when they're forced to throw the ball in the strike zone, the Tigers don't do anything with it. Or, oh, they'll walk two dudes and have a runner in scoring position. And then it's pop out strikeout. In this game, that was not the case, though. And again, it's really just nice to see that it is possible because when you go a few weeks without seeing it, you almost forget that it is. So 
This was a, a very nice, refreshing, oh, look, this team does have the ability when it feels like it to actually be a, a, a competent offense. It just is a matter of how sustainable and how often they are going to be able to do this. And I still have a lot of hesitation that it's going to be fairly often. Okay. Uh, the people that I don't think it should be questioned about whether they should do it fairly often. Riley Green is certainly one of those. He goes two for four with a walk, a double, and a homer. That is very close to about as good of a ball game as you're going to get out of a player on a game-to-game basis. Very, very impressive. His his batting average is up to 291, and his OPS is up to 786 on the year. Creeping up to that 800 OPS, that would be awesome to actually look at this lineup and see someone have an OPS over 800 in like June. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> That would be so awesome. It's crazy how low the bar is for to like make this fan base happy and just like throw us a bone. But like that would be so nice and refreshing to see Spencer Torkelson, who I complimented two games ago said negative things about yesterday and now today I'm going to say good things about I thought his approaches all night were uh honestly like borderline stellar I I really thought from AB1 he had like an 11 pitch at bat that he hit a very hard line drive single for uh and won that battle at the end of the day uh throughout the rest of the game the double was obviously good but I thought his approach in this ball game his pitch selection in this ball game was phenomenal okay um, yeah, I think that's about it for the offense. Well, I, I do want to talk about Jonathan Scope and Zach Short and such later, but that's kind of a different angle that I want to approach that in. So yeah, this was a very, very solid offensive performance against a probably future Hall of Famer. I know it's 2023 and he's certainly not what he was. Uh, and we only got one runoff of actually him. It was really the bullpen that we got, but uh, given the fact that it was a series finale and it was kind of, I don't like using the word must win in May, but like this was about as must win as it gets for a May ball game. You cannot lose back-to-back series against the Nationals and the Royals and even pretend that you're anything but a bad baseball team. And they didn't do that. So I give them credit for getting the job done. We will talk about the other reasons and why they got the job done. Uh, other reasons, was I word that right? Other reasons as to why they got the job done. Yeah, right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable pair of shorts that I own. They sent all the hosts a couple of pair of shorts a couple of weeks ago. They are instantly my favorite pair of shorts, literally in my entire wardrobe. They are amazing. I wear them to golf. Uh, I wear them out to like nice dinners. I They are legitimately the most versatile article of clothing that I own, and they are the most comfortable. It is amazing. I love the fit. I love the way I look in them. I love the way that they feel. Everything about them is just an absolute home run, uh, and I highly, highly recommend you getting your hands on some bird dogs today. Like I said, I mean, I literally wear these, like they're exclusively my golf shorts now, that they're all I will wear on the golf course, uh, and I also wear them when just like lounging around the house or whatever. That Versatility really is the name of the game with them, 
uh, while also being unbelievably comfortable. So go to birddogs.com slash MLB. And when you enter the promo code MLB, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, that's promo code LockdownMLB at birddogs.com slash LockdownMLB. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Lockdown Tigers. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. I appreciate you all greatly. We will be back tomorrow recapping game one of the series against the Chicago White Sox at home back in Copa. Okay, so Tigers win this ballgame 6-4. to four. We talked about the offense a lot. Uh, let's get into the pitching in this ballgame. Matthew Boyd goes four and two-thirds, three hits, one earned run, two walks, six strikeouts, lowers, I believe lowers. Yeah, definitely lowers. I think his ERA was like 6-3 going into the game. Uh, his ERA on the season to 5.74, still not really too terribly pretty, but I think he threw 86 or 87 pitches in this ball game as well. The thing with Boyd is uh, we've said it a lot. We've said this part a lot. Like you, you, we all know what Matt Boyd is. He he is not some substantially or significantly different pitcher than he was in his first Tigers tenure in the year 2023, um, and. So far, however, the issue has not been that he's giving up a billion home runs and and whatnot. It's really just been a lack of efficiency. And he has given up his homers, don't get me wrong. But um, it's been a lack of efficiency. There just hasn't really been an ability for him to go deep into ballgames. And a little bit is on AJ there because we've seen Michael Lorenzen throw – over a hundred pitches and only go, you know, four and a third or five innings or whatever. We've seen Erod go deep into ball games, but he's a pretty efficient pitcher when he's on. But we've seen Erod throw a hundred pitches through five as well. Uh, but Boyd has just had a lot of starts go like five or less uh, this season, just a lot. And uh, when you look at the pitch counts of all of them, you're not like, oh, well, you know, he's getting pulled way too early. Like this is. You know, he only threw 55 pitches. Like, it's it's, it's pretty high pitch counts in most of the games. Uh, so, it, it's just about finding that ability that we have seen him have before, to be completely fair to him. Like, we have seen him in a Tigers uniform have the ability to go six innings, go six and a third, even approach seven innings. Uh, we, we've seen him have that quality start potential, and uh, so far, just this season, it hasn't really clicked. And and that, of all the things that, that are very fair to say about Matthew Boyd on the mound, uh, I would not say that consistently throughout his career, like being inefficient has been a consistent one. It's been one that has reared its ugly head at times, but it hasn't been one that just has completely consumed him. And so far this season just hasn't had the ability to go deep into ball games, but only gave up one earned run, struck out six, uh, and only gave up three hits. Like it was a relatively solid performance in this game. He threw a lot of sliders and it, he's always been kind of a, a, a really a two pitch pitcher that uh, every once in a while will throw in a few changeups and whatnot, but threw the curveball more than the change in this game, which I noticed. And I wouldn't mind if that was just like a new thing that he started to do. I wouldn't hate it personally. I, I, I think his curveball has 
if he keeps it low, just like the slider, has the ability to be a pretty effective swing and miss pitch. But uh, really, it's just kind of start to start. It, it depends on uh, is he going to throw the change up as the three pitch today? Is it going to be the curveball, whatever? And, and in this game, it was the curveball. He still threw seven change ups as well. But really, like I said, in this game, he threw 35 sliders and 29 four seam fastballs. The two of those pitches combined for exactly 75% of the pitches he threw in this ball game. So really, really just a majority slider fastball heavy. And, and, you know, against this Royals team, they have a lot of dudes who go fishing against sliders, like a boatload. We saw it again. We've seen it the entire series. We saw it again. Erod threw more sliders than he's thrown to start since I don't even know when, right? Like two presidents ago was the last time he had thrown that many sliders in a ball game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just one of those things where um, he, I, I think that that's in the scouting report really. And so uh, for Boyd, he was definitely slider heavy in this ball game. And yeah, it was a, it was an effective pitch. He got a t- 10 swings and misses on the slider, five called strikes, uh, had a 43% CSW percentage on his slider, which was his most thrown pitch. So not a, not an awful ball game, not an awful start for Matt Boyd, just uh, is really having trouble being super efficient. That's all, you know, just not not, uh, not having the ability to, to pound the strike zone consistently, which again, when you look at Matt Boyd's career, uh, usually he's not walking too many guys and, and, and kind of pounding the zone. I don't want to say too much, but he'll leave balls up in the zone too much and, and will give up a ton of hard contact because of it. So this is kind of a, a slightly out of character thing early on uh, in, in the season for Boyd. And this team desperately needs innings out of their starters. So if there was one thing that I would really want to see out of this rotation or that one thing that I could change that would, I think really help this rotation. It wouldn't even be a personnel change. It would simply be have Matthew Boyd have the ability to go six innings again, because I think that would really, really save the bullpen a lot and kind of ease the pressure off of the Fiedo and Wences of the world who haven't shown the ability to consistently go deep into ball games yet. But if you can get three guys that you're confident can, that's a whole lot different than two, right? Just percentage-wise, you're talking about less than half your rotation to over half your rotation. So uh, I think it's a really, really important deal for Boyd to figure that out long-term. That'll be something we keep an eye on. Okay, I, I do want to talk about uh, on, our, on our fancy little itinerary here that we have now, uh, thanks to the new graphics. I do want to talk about this kind of odd man out conversation, okay? And, and I think that... It's interesting to have after a game like this where Jonathan Scope got his first RBI of the season on May 24th uh, and Zach Short homered and like Akil Badu played. And there's just a lot of conversation surrounding what happens when Kerry Carpenter comes back. Like who is the odd man out there? I think that it's an interesting conversation to have. So we'll talk about that and how it related back into this ball game right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Rocket Money. Try it free for 30 days. We've heard that a million times. It's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people 
have subscriptions they have forgotten about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place because over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. That's such a high number. Chances are you are one of those people. There's plenty of apps. That that app that you bought just so that you could watch a TV show once and you forgot about it or a gaming app for the same thing and you never even you played any games on it. it just and it really it is an app that even outside of the subscription thing really helps you manage your finances all in one place. It automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off to you. So stop throwing away your money, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment, Locked on Tigers. Tigers win. Uh, win the game, win the series. And, you know, Kerry, I'm not trying to get everybody's hopes up that Kerry Carpenter is, like, going to be back today or this weekend or anything. I still think he is a, a little bit of a ways away. But even if you want to replace it with, like, Justin Henry Malloy or whatnot, uh, whoever you are have your eye on about, like, returning to this lineup – Um, there is a, a very unique and interesting conversation surrounding what to do. Cause there's just a lot of players that are all kind of in the same boat to me, right? I think Zach short, Nick Maton, Andy Abanez, Jonathan scope are all kind of in this same boat of like, if they don't start hitting at some point, the Tigers are going to have no chance, no, not no chance, no option other than to send them down in the cases of like short and Mayton uh, and whatnot. And then just like DFA them in terms of Jonathan scope. So uh, while uh, one game in which Jonathan scope finally roped a baseball and, and got a two RBI double is not going to like save Jonathan scope season or anything, or save his future single-handedly. Obviously, I hope that he just turns it around. I would love for 2021 Jonathan Scope to just return. That would be my best-case scenario, because we are paying him throughout the rest of the season. Uh, But assuming that doesn't happen, which I think is a relatively safe assumption at this point, um, I, I think that those kind of players are all in the same boat. And Jonathan Scope being DFA'd is like the easy one, because... We talked about it last week. The only thing he has provided is an ability to hit left-handed relievers as a pinch hitter. That's it. He doesn't hit left-handed starters well. He doesn't hit righties at any capacity well anymore. The only thing that he's done well so far this season is hit lefty relievers well. And so if he's not doing that, really even if he is, that's not enough for me to like keep a dude on a team especially when we, we could be giving someone else a look or like with how Kerry Carpenter looked before the injury or whatnot. That, that doesn't garner a roster spot to me, but uh, those are all like in one group to me. And I, and I think that that's important to state because I, I don't think that Nick Maton is just like guaranteed a roster spot this year. 
Certainly not. His OPS is 617. His average is 167. And he has shown no ability to consistently hit breaking balls. Zach Short has been Zach Short. <laughs> we're not going to be surprised by what Zach Short is at this point. We, we're very aware of what he is. He's a guy that walks a really solid amount, uh, but he does not hit for average whatsoever, and he runs into a home run once every couple of weeks. He's got some sneaky power. And he's versatile defensively. And I think that there is place for someone like that on the 40-man maybe even on your major league roster, maybe even as a super utility guy that doesn't play super often, but you have the ability to go to him on the bench when the platoon matches up and uh, he can be a defensive replacement late, gives you another kind of leg up versatility-wise against your opponent. Sure, that's fine. Um, But when people start coming, like when Kerry Carpenter starts coming back and, and when... Justin Henry Malloy passes that kind of threshold of uh, he's doing really well and we're kicking the can down the road on his when his free agency would start. Once all of those boxes are checked and he inevitably comes up because he will play in the majors at some point this season, probably in the month of June at some point. I don't know whether that's June 1st or June 30th, but that's kind of my, my guess would be it would be sometime in that month. Some decisions are going to have to be made. I think Andy Abanez is the first to go, and I think Jonathan Scope is really close to Andy Abanez. Andy Abanez, 0 for 3 tonight, now has a 505 OPS on the season. He was really hot for about a week and a half, and everything before that and everything after that has been next to, like, almost over outside of that one week hot streak. So, just something to keep an eye on there. And in this game, Zach Short, obviously a massive part in the victory. And Jonathan Scope, two RBI double, the Tigers win by two runs. Absolutely love to see it. Really good swing. Roped the baseball, like I said. Absolute screamer off the bat. Um, great to see. Like I said, I, I I want all these dudes to bat a 1,000. Like, <laughs> I... I, I it's just, I, I think that ship is probably sailed for Jonathan Scope. But great in this ball game, Zach Short. Great in this ball game. Uh, and the only other thing I really want to talk about is just the bullpen. The bullpen had a bend but don't break mentality in this ball game. Uh, Will Vest goes one and a third. He looked great again. He went one and a third. No runs. No walks. No hits. Two strikeouts. Looked phenomenal. Jason Shreve enters, okay? He gives up three hits in one run. Um, and I didn't think that he was terrible, and I didn't think that he was not executing his pitches or anything like that. I just think that the Royals have this ability to slap the ball all over the yard. They they, they don't have a ton of power themselves, but they have the ability to rack up some singles. And I think that that's just kind of what they did against Shreve. Uh, then Jason Foley enters the ball game. He goes one in the third, two runs or two hits, one run, uh, one strikeout. Kind of elevated on the strikeout. I was like, okay. Usually the sinker ball pitchers aren't the guys that are gonna go, you know, ninety-seven top of the zone to get a swing and a miss. But I think maybe that was the game plan. Maybe he just missed his spot. I don't know. But uh, that was that was. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, wow. I did not expect him to go 
uh, uh, letters high 97 mile an hour sinker for strike three, but I'll gladly take it. Um, but you know, I, I, with Foley and Lang both giving up runs in this ball game and neither looking their best, uh, it's just, it's awesome if they can have, oh, that was not our best outing. That's the one run we give up for the next two weeks in a game in which we had a big cushion. It doesn't matter anyway. That would be ideal. And then in one run games, we can go back to the dominant, like two of the best reliever in baseball type of thing. That's my dream. How realistic that is, time will only tell. But that's my dream scenario is that this is just, oh, well, we allowed one run. It's okay. Not the end of the world. The Tigers still won comfortably. Both of them can say that, and then they move on, and it's fine. Uh, Foley just didn't have as much bite on his sinker as it usually does, uh, and also honestly just left one of them, a couple of them up, actually. There was a couple. Like, we have not seen anybody really successfully hit for like extra base or home run power against Jason Foley all season because of just the shape of that sinker. Uh, And in this game, he had a couple of like, he had one, especially like warning track fly out that I was worried about for a second. So um, definitely something to, again, like keep an eye on if it's a one-time thing, then who cares? You just move on, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that progresses. And then Lang, this is a couple outings in a row that I've been very unimpressed by his command. Uh, He's been, kind of back to being sporadic and I get worried about walks and I get worried about uh, falling behind in counts and whatnot, but he's just, his stuff is so good that he has the ability to fall behind like this and get himself into trouble. And then like, if he just starts hitting his spots, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like (laughs) the other team is just, you know, out of luck. Like that's, if he's even close to hitting his spots, it, it won't matter. And so, uh, yes, like he, this was certainly not the cleanest outing he's ever had. And uh, hopefully is it gets it tightened up and gets the ship uh, straightened out there before this weekend. But it, it's, it's so impressive to me that he can fall behind and he can not look his best and still – get the job done like with ease like yes he gave up a run but like was there really ever a question were we really sweating at any point i wasn't personally like yeah i'll be fine <laughs> yeah, i'll figure it out <laughs> you know what i mean for both of those guys so it's nice to have a little bit of confidence in a pair of relievers in the back end of your pen that's a really nice feeling just be like yeah not their best but eh, i wasn't really worried great to see all right, I think that's everything. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. Tomorrow we will be recapping game one of the White Sox series. Really quickly about the White Sox. I'm not going to spend too much time. We don't have time for a full preview or anything, but uh, I, they got off to a horrific start to the season. They were legitimately terrible for the entire month of April. Uh, that is, has been, I don't want to say like no longer the case, but, uh, they have been winning ball games lately. I believe they're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they just crushed Cleveland on Wednesday night. Uh, they, they're like coming, 
They're, they're like I'm not saying that they're going to like make a run at the division. They're still nine games under 500 because they got off to such a dreadful start in the month of April. Uh, but like they're they they got two wins in a row that they're going into Thursday's game with, and they have been playing much much better baseball as of late. Like I said, seven and three in their last ten ball games. Uh, the offense seems to be clicking a little bit more. Luis Robert, somebody who. Uh, he was day-to-day actually going into this series. I'm assuming he'll play at least three games, if not all four, because uh, I think he just missed Wednesday Wednesday, and he'll be fine. But like he was someone who got off to an awful start in April and then has really turned it around and has been hitting home runs like crazy in May. Like They, they are not the April White Sox. If you just haven't paid attention to or listened to the White Sox since the end of April when everyone was clowning on them for being an absolute train wreck, they have not been playing like that lately. Okay, so this is not some, oh, we're going into facing this completely dysfunctional team type of thing. Like, this is a a team that, well, uh, I mean, only has one less win than you on the season. They've played a lot more games. They have five more losses. But, uh, yeah, 21 wins for the White Sox. So, Got to take care of business at home. Really big series. Obviously, anytime you play interdivision is a big deal, and the White Sox specifically, longstanding rivalry there, obviously. So, uh, yeah, pretty important series this weekend. Uh, as far as the pitching matchup goes, I, I mean, it's a four-game set. So, for the Tigers, everybody except Matthew Boyd is going to pitch this weekend. Erod's going to get Sunday, uh, and then the next three, and then Lorenzen's going to get Saturday. And the next two are going to be Fayedo and Wentz. So, uh, yeah, tall task. Tall, tall task. I think, I don't know. You, you, you just went 500 in six games against the Nationals and the Royals. I'm not sure that's like a major win that we should be celebrating, like going 500 against two of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, but looking ahead, do we expect, do we demand three out of four? Is that really like, should we be like we demand like we need three or four if you want to be serious I don't know if you're like that much better than the White Sox I don't know I (laughs) if we split I'm not going to be surprised I'm not really going to be surprised with anything except a sweep (laughs) like that would really be the only thing that would really shock me if they win three or four okay the White Sox haven't been great this year if they split okay makes sense if they win one of three, well, on paper, that roster is better than you. That make, kind of makes sense, too. Uh, if they get swept, I, I will cry. Um, but the only thing that would really shock me is a Tiger sweep. That would really be the only thing that, like, genuinely stuns me. So, uh, yeah, anything can happen. This White Sox team is very inconsistent, hot and cold, yes and no. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Should be a fun weekend. Uh, yeah, peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I will catch you all on Monday, baby. Here's this cool outro video. Go Tigers.